Hey y'all, welcome to the latest and greatest edition of Black People Parenting. It's me, Dion, founder and uh, I guess the uh, maintenance man around Black People Parenting. I do whatever needs to be done around here. I clean the toilets, I sweep the floors, I cook the food, I do whatever it is. Uh, but today I happen to be uh, wearing my journalism hat uh, and I got a special guest on the pod with us today. Uh, real, real dope brother, man. Real dope uh, individual who I've actually been following for a very long time. Uh, and honestly, it didn't it didn't dawn on me to have him on the podcast until recently when I started listening to a podcast that he has I actually stumbled on uh, a podcast that he has called Parents Making Profits, which um, I, I heard it and I kind I just fell in love with it. Like I fell in love with the concept. I fell in love with the way that uh, they do it. It's just it's 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 a podcast about you know what we as parents can do to to make money, right? And what we can do to um, you know, kind of, kind of leverage ourselves in the business world and, and, and being entrepreneurs. Uh, so I just thought it was a dope concept, a dope idea. And I wanted to have him on the podcast. So I reached out, uh, he agreed to do it. No questions asked. And I'm just grateful and thankful to have, uh, Mr. Mario Armstrong on the show with us today. Y'all make some noise. Give him, give him, give him some noise. Make some noise. I appreciate it. Dion. I appreciate that, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Yeah, yes, man. sir. <laughs> that's what's, that's what's up, man. Look, you you know you were really light about how you approached. I want you all to understand something. Tenacity matters. Hmm. Like it really matters because I look back and on July twenty first is the DM. <laughs> the first DM he sent me. We in October, y'all. <laughs> first DM he sent me was July twenty first. Hey Mario, I'd love to have you on my podcast at Black People Parenting. Discuss your new podcast and also tips for parent entrepreneurs. I left it a message on your website as well. Three days later, I hit him back. I appreciate you reaching out. Apologies for the delay. Um, uh, I looked at the request. Let's look at some dates, mid, late August. We start trying to get some dates. Schedules are crazy, and we're here now. Yeah. But the point is, we never lost contact. Right. He never gave up on me. I never gave up on him, and we found a time to make it work because we both believe that the information for our community and our culture is really important. But it's just, you got it. look. First off, I'm humbled and honored whenever, whenever anyone wants to reach out and talk to me. So I got to respect that. And I think other people need to hear that because when people are reaching out to you, whether you see it as a benefit for you or not, shouldn't be the first thing that comes to our mind, even though that's normal. The, the first thing that should be coming to our mind is thankful. Mm. Damn, someone else is seeing something I'm doing and they're asking me to be on their platform. Right. The least I could do is try to figure out a date that we could show up. Mm. I didn't hit you back and say, hey, man, how many subscribers you have? Right, right, right. Facts. Facts. I didn't hit you back and say, you know, what's your reach like? You know, what, what kind of platform you got going on? Facts. I didn't try to qualify you and validate. And mm. I'm not saying it's wrong for people that really care about their time in that way. That's just not how Mario moves. Right, right, right. I just I just recognize real on real. And I'm like, no, nah, man, if we can get a date, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, so you I know just wanted people to hear that tenacity. And I wanted people to hear on the flip side what that should feel like to be grateful and just get it done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And done. you know, a lot of times as as entrepreneurs and people who are are venturing out in business, we kind of get uh we kind of get distracted when we hear the word no, right? No can kind of throw us off of our game. And honestly, you know, just to be transparent, one of the things that I I've, I've, I've learned just from listening to your podcast is, you know, you don't have to accept no, right? You don't you don't have to accept no. I I I've, I've heard you tell stories of 
uh, hearing no several, several times, 10 times. And then, you know, the 11th time is when you get the yes and all of those things and just right. hearing no, but, but having the, the wherewithal to stick with it, man. And I think it was important to me, uh, to have you on the show, uh, because I think that your journey is, is, is super dope, right? Because I, I became familiar with you some years ago as like the tech guru, like mm-hmm. gadgets and talking about the new phone and all of those things. And that's what, made me start following you and you know now to see that you've gone on to win two emmys and you're doing so many dope things talk to us a little bit about your journey because i'm sure you've heard know a lot on your journey talk to us about your journey as an entrepreneur because as parents we're juggling so many things that we don't always marry the journey right we we look to marry the results right but we don't marry the journey so talk to us about your journey as an entrepreneur so this is a really great question that you're bringing up, man. So the first thing I want to address is that that factor of no. When we get, and then I'll talk about the journey because you brought this up and this is so critical. When we as entrepreneurs get no, you said sometimes it's also a distraction. Like we get distracted by the no because it throws us off our game, which mm-hmm. is absolutely true. Another thing happens when we get a no. Some people get relief. Mm. What I mean by that is it took everything in them to get to that point to even make the ask. It's hard for them to make that ask. Mm-hmm. They're not used to doing it. They don't want to do it. And they got the, the courage and everything to get up there and do it. And then they got the no. And they're like, man, I just did it. I'm, okay, thank you. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. they, they, they actually are happy and satisfied because they can now relax from the stress. Right. And what I'm, what I'm here to say is that whenever we get a no, there's two no's that you're going to get in your life. There's a no that people are going to say the same no to you all the time. Your price is too much. Um, your price is too much. Your price is too much. Right. Then you know what? Your price is probably too much. The mm-hmm. market's telling you your price mm-hmm. is probably too much. Mm-hmm. Adjust. But if you're getting a, the other no, which is everybody's telling you something different, your price is too much. Um, I thought you were going to have these features. I thought you also had it in blue. Or I thought, uh, can you do it at a later time in the year? When you're hearing different no's coming at you, you got to probe. You got to probe and you got to probe. You have to ask for every no three whys, three Mm. questions for every no, because that helps you get to the root of the real obstacle that they're saying. It's very easy for people to say no. It's difficult sometimes for them to tell you the true reason as to what that no is. Mm -hmm. But when you can find out that source, it can help you navigate that relationship to get to a yes. So I just think it's really important because, you know, we talk about this whole thing of no, because it takes so much courage. And if you want to be successful in life, you're going to have to learn how to ask. You just have to. And the, the reason, the way I can do this, Dion, and, and you say, well, how do you get that resiliency to keep going? It's not the cliche motto that everybody uses as a quote. That cliche goes like, um, keep, as long as you're getting no's, you're getting closer to a yes. Mm-hmm. No, you're not if you're pitching it wrong. <laughs> right. And no, you're not if you're pitching it to the wrong people. Right. So you got to know who you're pitching to, and then you got to understand how your pitch is being received mm-hmm. to understand if you need to tweak it. So no, you're just you just pitching it wrong isn't going to get better. You could keep shooting foul shots all day, but if your form is off and you're not correcting your foul shots, I don't care how many times you shoot, you're not going to get better at foul shooting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I think about this power of no and this resiliency that we have to have, there's one question that I use to try to keep me on my game to not let no's knock me down. And that simple question is, who am I fighting for? Mm. Beyond me, beyond my kid, beyond my wife, beyond my family, beyond me, 
Who am I fight? You're going to fight for yourself for self-preservation. You're going to do that anyway. So beyond you, who are you fighting for? So when they tell me no, it's like, okay, I'm going to ask these three questions and try to get to the root of it. If I can't solve it, I'm moving on to the next one. Why? Because there are people out there that need me to produce this program that I'm trying to put out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are people that need you to put that event on. There mm -hmm. are people that need you to put this podcast on. Mm -hmm, there are mm -hmm. other people that are relying on you to show up. And I believe in that. So that's who I'm fighting for. That's why I get back up. And I, I think, you know, that's dope. You just made me think about something. And I want you to I want you to answer this for me. We we and, and by we, I mean, black folks, we come from uh, a cultural culture where the majority of us were raised in uh, households where our, our, our parents or whoever we were living with. They went to work uh, nine to five. They came home. They made dinner or they ate dinner. They put the kids to bed, did whatever they had to do. They woke up the next morning. They did the, the, the exact same routine all over again. Right. So I, I have this conversation a lot about the culture that we were raised in. A lot of us uh, doesn't necessarily lend to us having the spirit of being entrepreneurs. Right. It, it, it doesn't. It, it, it's scary. Right. So when we, when we talk to when we talk to our elders a lot of times and we say, well, you know, mom or granddad or whoever, I'm, you know, I've been at my job for 15 years, but I'm going to step out on faith and and try this new thing on my own. Right. Mm -hmm. They look at us like we're crazy. Right. How, how can we overcome what for years has been culturally accepted for us not to take those risks, so to speak, and to say, this is what I'm going to do. This is an opportunity. This is my life. This is the only one I'm going to get. I'm going to take that chance. You have to present your ideas as if your family are stockholders in your company. Hmm. Let me give you an example. Instead, most of the time what we do is we say, hey, ma, hey, grandpa, here's what I'm planning on doing. Here's what I'm thinking about going into. They don't have any, unless they've been entrepreneurs, they don't have any understanding of what that's like. Who's going to pay your health benefits? Mm -hmm. well, what about the kids? And it, well, you know, the economy is in shambles right now. Like, what are you talking? Like, you, you know, it's all this fear because, and I'm not saying it's not justified. I'm not here to judge anybody's position on it. I, it's what you're saying. It's the facts of how we were raised and the conditioning of the consistency of getting that check and having those benefits and being kind of content, if you will, doesn't mean we weren't trying to move up in the ranks, just means that that was kind of the structure that was really wrapped around us. And that structure is more comfortable. And so what happens is other, other people's fears are being projected onto you. But yet you're out here seeing different models of success. You're out here seeing different people doing things that you have an interest in or have an aptitude for or have an expertise in. And you're seeing them monetize this stuff. Now, they may be doing it as a side hustle right now with the intent to make it their, their main thing or somebody's doing it as their main thing. But you're seeing things that they weren't exposed to. And so now you're like, hold on. I see a different opportunity in a different lane for me and I want to go after it. I thought this through. I'm not just randomly coming up with this and here's how I thought it through. That's all sounds great. But what really helps, I found, is to actually sit them down and present to them as if you're asking them for a $50,000 check. Mm. So what I did to my kid early on, I was like, hey, anytime you want to try to really get something that you think is significant in this household, you got to present it. 
And so at an early age, even when he wanted a dog, here comes the PowerPoint, mm-hmm. mom and dad, 10 years old, I want to I want to get a dog. Okay, <laughs> where's the PowerPoint? <laughs> Week later, right. the PowerPoint's there, right? right? And he's presenting to me, and it's a really easy framework. All you got to do is have a PowerPoint for any of your ideas to, to further communicate to your family, which needs to understand that you actually see something and that you get it. They may not get it. That's not the point. The point mm-hmm. isn't to convince them. Mm-hmm. The point is to educate and inform. They're going to do their own thing, but at least you educate and inform. And if you can answer who, what, when, where, why, how, six slides, at least they see, well, damn, Dion's done his homework. Right. He at least did the research. Right. He at least knows what, he, what when he's planning to do this. Oh, at he's least not doing he, he sounds like you know what he's talking about. <laughs> He sounds like he knows what he's talking about. At least he's saying he's going to do it six months from now. So he's got an exit plan. Sounds like he's got an exit strategy to mm-hmm. save some money, blah, blah, blah. So I just think that that's because what happens is we end up having dream killers in our home that don't realize that they're dream killers. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a bar like and, and and one of the things that I think that's important, speaking of being in the home and I want to know what your thoughts are. Uh, I think it's important that we train up the next generation of leaders. Right. My, I have an 18 year old daughter, not, you know, leaders and entrepreneurs. My daughter is 18. She started her first business when she was 16, I believe. Mm. Um, but for okay. me, it started out planting those seeds when she was selling Girl Scout cookies. Mm-hmm. You know, one, once I saw that the Girl Scouts were getting these kids to kind of push these cookies and they were getting all the profits and all the kids were getting was like a bracelet and a, a badge. A, a badge. Right. I told I told her straight up. I said, yo, you can start like coming up with your own recipes to make some brownies and some baked goods. We can set up outside of the barbershop and we could we could run through these. We could get to it. Mm. Right. So I started planting those entrepreneurial seeds early. early. Um, do, do you think that it is important? Because let me say this. The, this next generation is coming up. They're not scared of nothing. Right. They don't fear a thing. <laughs> right. Like she she's going she just went away to college. She started her own business selling uh, hair products and uh, bonnets and all of these things. And she, you know, designed her logo on Canva and did this here and printed it out on Vistaprint and had all of the things in order mm-hmm. with a little bit of guidance from dad. But she mm-hmm. was never afraid to step out like she worked hard, spent her own money to invest in her business. Why do you think it's important that we teach our children how to be entrepreneurs, right? Why, why do you think that's important? Because the skill, it's important to teach our kids to be entrepreneurs because the skill set of an entrepreneur is to solve a problem. Mm. Period, end of story. Mm-hmm. It's not how well do they memorize. It's not how well do they pay attention. All of that irrelevant mm-hmm. if they know how to solve a problem. So that means you have to assess well, what's the need out there? Is it something that I just think that people need or is there market research I can do to determine that need? Right. Oh, well, look at the look at the Girl Scout cookie. People are buying Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, partly because they want to support the Girl Scouts, partly because they want their Samoas. So there's a market. Right. OK, so if people are ready to buy baked goods, why wouldn't they buy my baked goods? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that OK, so let me test that. What makes my baked goods different than other baked goods? Let's get some feedback from people that are actually buying Mm-hmm. And so now I'm solving a problem of maybe my maybe my baked goods are gluten free. Maybe my baked goods have less sugar. Right. You know, so whatever the point is, problem solving is what the educational system 
is supposed to be teaching our kids to be able to do. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it's become a memorization problem right. and a, a lack of actual real world applied problem solving. But when you ask any kid, I've done this in my STEM programs, science, technology, engineering, math, I've done it in any of these programs. When you ask a kid under, under the age of 15 what it is they wanna do, they will tell you everything. I wanna solve the traffic congestion. I wanna solve um, um, environment issues. Oh, I wanna figure out how we can, uh, my, my, my cousin ha um, had to have his ankle, ankle amputated and it could have been avoided if he had a better diet. Right. I wanna be able to teach them how they could have eaten better. I wanna teach people so that people don't have to get there. You know, it's like they go straight to like real world issues how can we that fix they it? see. Mm -hmm. I want my neighborhood cleaned up. I want clean basketball courts, mm -hmm. right? I want a nice playground. We want a swimming pool go right to what they actually want to see change in and it just reminds me like they're already thinking about the problems absolutely we're not teaching them how to solve them right and so we wait to college to become an engineer and all this other stuff when they could have been learning those those traits and those skill sets very early so an entrepreneur does not mean they have to go out and build a business family what I believe is, is when we are teaching our kids how to be an entrepreneur we are teaching them the skill set of problem solving clear communication and then how to price things effectively mm. so that they can make a profit mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. those are skills for life mm -hmm. my son right now is currently applying for grants to fund an event that he would like to put on with some of his students that's dope i didn't teach him how to do it he just observed mm -hmm. and well okay we taught some stuff like you taught your daughter but i'm not right. trying to take his credit away from right him. right right he but but we you taught gave him the him, foundation right that's right. At 10 years old, he had mm -hmm. to know how to put together a presentation to tell us why he wants a damn dog in the house. Absolutely. Because I ain't taking care of it all day. <laughs> <laughs> so as somebody who is heavy on social media, um, you know, we live in a, a time where everyone, of course, has social media. Everybody has IG. Everybody has Twitter or whatever the case, whatever the, the social media network is um, platform of the moment. And a lot of times what we see as people seeing things on social media, right? We'll see like if I'm a chef and I'm just starting to, 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 to try to build my catering business, I go on social media and I see a chef that has 500,000 followers and I've got, you know, 300, right? right? Or if I'm a motivational speaker, I'll see that somebody like Eric Thomas has yeah, 2 right. million followers. So I'll say, well, let, let me, let me do what Eric Thomas is doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that we fall into this imposter syndrome uh, type of situation where we get on social media and we are acting and and and, and uh, imitating somebody else, right? I'm sure there's some Mario Armstrong imitators out there, right? How can we, uh, as as entrepreneurs, as people who are trying to grow our businesses, how can we avoid uh, imposter syndrome? And have you ever had any type of uh, brush with that imposter syndrome? Great question, man. Um, so imposter syndrome, for those that don't know, it's really the the idea that you aren't prepared for a role that you've been given. You feel less than. So the, 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 the technical, I don't know the technical definition, but the, but the feeling and the emotion of the definition is, in most cases, we are downplaying our gifts. We are downplaying what makes us unique and what makes us special. Mm -hmm. And we do that because we may not feel that we're ready or we're not in a position to be ready. And how that happens is because we start looking at comparison. And when we look at comparison, it starts to remind us where we are and where someone else is. 
And when we get those reminders that we're down here and someone else is up there, it starts to begin that negative spiral of all those things that you were taught early on or all those programs that were programmed into your head. You don't have the education. You ain't got this background. You don't come from this wealth. You, you, you know, you, you think you're going to be able to do this and all these things that can get in your way that start to eat at your mental state. And so, you know, there's a doctor, Dr. Schlesinger. Oh, I'm going to, I'm butchering the name right now, mm -hmm. but the doctor did a, what was called the compare, a, um, comparison theory and if you if you google this you'll find the comparison theory the comparison theory from other psychologists and this doctor is that we compare ourselves up and we compare ourselves down hmm. so what that means is we look up at people that we admire and are inspired by sometimes that can turn into jealousy if we're not if we're not careful or it can turn into envy but initially we're inspired by them and then other times we compare ourselves downward when we compare ourselves downward we're actually looking at other people that are doing less than what we're doing to make us feel better. Feel better, us right, up. right. So downward comparison is always negative. You never want to look down on someone else in order for you to feel good because that's just not a good character trait to have and it's a slippery slope. So looking for inspiration up and not being jealous by that inspiration, that's the Jedi mind trick. Mm -hmm. it's, a reason, it's an area that I suffered from and still work on. I see other people, even though we've had success, I still see things that I think we should be doing right. without a doubt, Dion, on a whole other level. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing other people do it. I'm like, that's their journey. First off, Mario, remove the comparison. You don't, you don't, you, you don't know what someone else's blessings have, uh, have been, and you don't know what their burdens to have those blessings that have they gone through. So you don't know what other, someone else has gone through to get where they are. And what I've always found is the minute I started comparing myself to somebody else, I said, Mario, shut up and do the research. Research them. Dig. Go beyond this surface level stuff that we see on social media. Who are they really? How long have they been doing it? And then I start finding these deep, long stories and long journeys. And you're like, man, nobody's an overnight success. Take 10 years to be an overnight success. Nobody, Dion. <laughs> and so you realize, like, hold on, I'm comparing myself to others. And I know everybody says, oh, well, you should only compare yourself to yourself. Let me tell you, we are beings that are driven by social connections. Mm -hmm. We like to click with our tribe. Mm -hmm. We like to hang with our people. So comparison is normal. How we read people walking across the street. Are we safe? Do they look like they say, you know, we doing all this stuff really quick. So my point is, we're doing all these calculations, and it's hard to just turn that off and be like, oh, you should only compare yourself to yourself. Mm -hmm. If you believe that and you actually can put that into action, you are better than me. It's taken me a long time to actually work on that consistently and then actually believe that. So now what I do is I really go into being happy for that person as much as I can. Like, oh, man, look at them. They doing something. They doing, they're, I'm excited that they're doing something that I want to do too. Mm -hmm, and I'm glad mm -hmm. they getting it because mm -hmm. that doesn't stop me from getting mine. And I just think that a lot of times, especially in our culture, we have been given less chances. The system has been rigged against us. The institutional racism and things that have happened that make it harder for us to actually maneuver in the same way. So therefore, when we get something, many of us can have that feeling of, I'm not sharing. I need to hold on to this. Right. And I don't disregard that notion and that understanding. 
Like I get what the psychology of that is doing, but I also understand that the world is big and that that is a lack mindset, not an abundant mindset, mm. but we've been conditioned so bad that we feel like we have to protect and therefore we don't share, we don't give, we don't do these things. And so I think when we, when we look at others, we can run into these negative spirals that bring us down into those depths. So yeah, I've suffered from it. I haven't suffered so much from imposter syndrome, which is if someone puts me in the game and I'm not ready, I'm going in that game and I'm going to do my best to be ready. I'm not going to be like, coach, I don't think I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Put me in the game. Let's, let's do it. Like, so imposter syndrome is like, if somebody sees something in you, y'all, don't shut down what they see in you because you don't see it. Mm. No one gets to determine your destiny. You do. So if someone is saying, hey, Dion, I think you'd be perfect for this opportunity. And you're like, man, I don't have any background really with that. But they see it in you. I mean, you better answer that call. That's, you better answer that purpose that's calling for you. Absolutely. That, that, that's you. Man, that's a, that's a bar. So, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, right? And, you know, one of the things that I do when when I feel myself getting into that, you know, because it happens to the best of us. We, we see other people who are uh, doing something similar or, what, or, 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 or mm -hmm. something that looks like what we're doing or what we want to do. And we say, man, I'll be glad when it's my turn. Right. But for me, I look at it like, oh, well, he got his blessing. That that, that mean the. That mean God in the neighborhood. God in the neighborhood. Like he he he, he, he down the street. He Love coming. It. Like God Love God in the it. neighborhood. Like he, That's he might the be right attitude. Thank he you. Three, bro. Four, use that. He, he three four houses down, but he he coming right. That's I'm all that means. Use that Dion. That's yeah. really good. I hope y'all picked that up. That's really powerful right there. That's a moment right there. Y'all yeah. write that one down. Yeah, and I, I think that's important, man. So I want to talk to the. I, I want you to talk to the, the people who are having difficulty finding their gift. Right. Because I feel like you have you have been able to tap into your gift. I was fortunately able to tap into my gift of, of communicating and and kind of building bridges and helping helping parents build relationships through my own journey in parenthood. Um, but for those who are struggling right now and especially coming off of COVID, and we'll talk about the impacts of COVID in a minute. Uh, but, you know, it can be hard for some folks to find what their gift is and find what they're good at, right? You know, I was listening to NPR uh, the other day and 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 it shocked me when I heard that LeBron James is on his way to uh, taking over the the career scoring record from Kareem Abdul uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, right? So it's obviously that basketball is Bron's gift. Um right. so, you know, and it, a gift that he has he has cultivated and and yep. used very well. How do you not only find your gifts, but how do you hone those things within you to uh, to help your gifts sort of uh, make room for you, right? Because your, your, your gifts are, are supposed to make room for you. So how do we get to that point? I think that's a great question for a couple of, um, there's a couple of steps that really come to mind because so many people are in suffering because they're trying to figure out what it is they think they should be doing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I understand and I have empathy for that because what they're saying is I know I got something burning inside of me. I can feel it, but I don't, I don't for some reason can't put my finger on it. The first thing that I would say to someone that's not really sure of their purpose right now is that you're looking for it and that's the problem. Hmm. What I'd rather you do is actually take a look at what you already are great at 
And this is going to be a difficult question for people that have been conditioned to look outside of them for the greatness to try to figure it out. So what you have to now do is ask family and friends and your peers. You send a text. Hey, y'all, what, what do you see as my skill sets? What do you see me being really great at? Mm -hmm. What do you see me being good at? And you let that information come back to you. And I guarantee you, when I do this exercise with any of my students, they come back with like, I had no idea mm -hmm. that they thought I was great at interior design. I just be making recommendations really quick. I just know you need to go to Ikea or you need to go to this place and you need to put a bookshelf there and a red painting here. Like it just happens. They never even thought about like, oh, so wait, so that's my gift. I, I need to figure out how to monetize that. Like too often the gift is so in front of us mm. that we can't see it. So we have to ask other people what they see in order for us to see what comes to us so naturally. Jay-Z is another perfect example. He can, write, he can write rhymes without writing them down. Mm -hmm. Incredible storyteller, incredible rhymes. But he's out there selling drugs because that's what he saw in his environment was a means to an end, to make money, to live. That's what he thought it was. And by the way, he was also seeing rappers in like little, little cars while he, he and his drug buddies had bigger cars. Right. So he's like, really? I want to do that? Right. I'm not making this up. This is him telling this story. And so what he did not recognize was that the gift that he had was already within him. But he says this himself. It came to me so easily, I didn't think I had to work for it, so it must not have been any value. Hmm. So we have to be careful as to what's come, what comes to us so easily that we are discounting and not thinking there's any value behind it. In fact, it's the opposite. The thing that is coming to you easily, yes, you have to do the work. Yes, you still have to perfect it. Yes, you have to put in the, the effort and the time and the training and the rehearsals, sure. But what's the thing that comes to you naturally that you are really good at doing without really thinking about it, that you even enjoy doing, now you need to understand and learn how to monetize it. Mm. And that's where the disconnect for many people is because they may even know I'm gifted at sewing. I love to sew. But Mario, I got these bills. I got these kids. I got, I'm trying to do something better for my family. I, I can't stop this and just pick up sewing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sure, you can. But you have to start putting together a plan. You have to start with scarves. I got a woman that I go to every single year and asking her for four or five scarves, and I get the family to do the same. She's on Etsy. She's got her own store. She's trying to build her business. She's great at making scarves. So I'm like, we're going to be a consistent client for you until you can actually get this thing to be your full-time thing. Now she's doing gloves and mitts. Now she's doing sweaters. It's expanding. So, But she had to have a full-time job. She's got kids. She would figure out how to do it on her off time. So I just think that we need to relax a little bit on the tension of, I don't know what I should be doing. I don't know what my purpose is. The truth is, many of you know what it is you should be doing. The issue is you're probably a little afraid to do it and we need to deal with that fear or you haven't figured out how you can actually monetize it to make up to the quality of life that you currently have. Because if you knew how to do that, you would be doing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I think a lot of us, um, we get caught up and this is something that COVID kind of exposed to me. Right. A lot of us get caught up in what what is known as hustle culture. And I, I think you talked about Jay-Z and as someone who 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 worked in radio for t 20 years mm. and has been a, a member of, of, of the hip hop culture and, and, and saw 
you know, people like Dame Dash and, you know, you know, mm-hmm. Nas said sleep is the cousin of death and I'll sleep when I'm dead and all of those right. things. And it right. wasn't in, it yep. wasn't until, you know, maybe a couple of years ago when I started to think and I said, you know, this this don't really make sense. Right. Mm. Like Oprah is a billionaire. Bill Gates, all these people, they have billions. Do, do you think these people not getting seven, eight hours of sleep? <laughs> I had to really stop and think. Like, do you, do you think that these people really not getting seven? Eight, you don't think you you don't think Steve Harvey is is in the bed probably at a good a good amount of time and getting a good amount of rest. Uh, but we have become a victim of you know hustle culture, and I think it's kind of permeated our society where we think. And and, and again, let's let's be clear. I think this. Uh, originates with white supremacy, right? I think the the cause and the purpose that, that we, how we get to hustle culture is because we're, we've been taught that our value is in the amount of work that we do, right? That's what we, ha- that has been embedded in us. A man, if a man don't work, he can't eat. All of these things that have been embedded in us to think I have to work, work, work. I have to go, go, go. Uh, but to me, I think it has become more of a detriment um, then it has something that has helped us. So I want you to kind of tap in and talk about hustle culture, your thoughts on it, um, and if you think it's something that we should avoid or do you think it's something that is uh, just a part of being an entrepreneur? That's a, oh man, I mean, you come in with the questions tonight, bro. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, it, it, show, it, it shows to your gift um, and why you're great at communicating and building these bridges. Thank you, sir. Um, I, I have a phrase that I use that's called hustle mindfully. Hmm. And hustle mindfully is my answer to hustle culture, because I do believe that the word hustle is important. And I think I believe it's important beyond being an entrepreneur. I just think what hustle means to me and the definition of it means that you are passionate and you are willing to be resilient about that passion, Hmm. that you're willing to get up and go after whatever that is. Now, the mindfully piece kicks in. How does one hustle mindfully? Well, that changes the whole dynamic of hustle culture, in my opinion, because I'm hustling for things. I see things I want to go after. I, I want to wake up and fight for the people I want to fight for. So I got that hustle in me. I got that grind. I got that grit. It's in me. But how do I maintain my self-care? How do I maintain my health? How do mm. I do it so I don't do it to my own detriment? I'm not trying to die at a young age and leave some kind of legacy. I'm trying to be around for a minute for my family, for my kid, for my wife, for my community, and for the dreams and things that I think are possible that God has given to me. And so the mindfully part kicks in and says, okay, how are you going to balance this, bro? How are you going to hustle mindfully? Well, what are some of the practices you could do? You could exercise. You could eat right. You could take on meditation or pick up playing piano. You could do yoga, karate. Like you can do other things to try to get you in balance so that you're not just hustle, hustle, hustle until I die, because you're going to die sooner just hustling. Mm. <laughs> so hustle culture sounds really good. And it, 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 is, it is a passionate thing to kind of be like, yeah, man, I'm on that grind. I'm on that hustle. Mm-hmm. But it's like I'm also hearing entrepreneurs and people that I talk to. And I'm like, how many products do you have? And they'll, and they'll say, well, I got seven different things going on. And I'm like seven different businesses, seven different products. <laughs> like what we like, you know, and I'm trying seven to get different ideas in your head. Right. Like, and I'm telling you, people are all they're they're hustling because they feel that the more effort is going to create the more profit. 
and it's mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. And so that hustle culture, hustling in the idea of being profitable does not equate to each other. So you can be treading water in the deep end all day long and not move towards shore. Mm-hmm. And But you're busy, you're working. I feel tired at the, every, at, at the end of every day, so I must right. be doing something. You're just making ends meet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How much stamina do you got in you to be able to hustle in the uh, to be able to tread water in the deep end and just keep treading water? Eventually, you got to figure out how to get to shore, or you're going to sink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, I just think that the hustle culture mindset is damaging. Now, for the most part, younger people say it because they see a whole eons of life to live. Right. So they're like in their twenties, and they're just like, "Yeah, man, I'm on my grind. I'm on my hustle." It's like, "Yeah, okay, I was talking like that too." But then once you start to get a little bit more mature and the smarter ones are also are already recognized. Yeah, I can still get my hustle on, but I'm also making sure that I'm eating right. Right. Or I can get my hustle on, but I'm also making sure that I'm getting seven hours of sleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so or I bought this new mattress so I could get a better, better, better rest at night. Right. So there are also some of these people are making better investments into that self-care, even though they do seem like they're on their hustle 24 mm-hmm. seven. Had somebody say to me the other day, Dion, they'd be like, you seem to be everywhere. You probably didn't get no rest. And I'm like, y'all don't understand. I'm getting eight hours. <laughs> See? See what I mean? See? See? I paid for a sleep number bed on purpose. And, right. I, and I'm, I'm blessed that I was able to pay for a sleep number bed. But I did that because I want to track my sleep. Right. 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 I paid for a better pillow. Yeah. So I could yeah. get a better night's rest. I'm t- like we've been, we've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and led astray to think that burning the midnight oil and doing all of those things is going to get us to where we want to be. And it's not about how hard you work. Right. No, I, no, I'm sorry. It is about how hard you work. It's not about how hard you hustle, but it's mm. also about how focused you are, right? Because we have so many distractions, right? And we, we, we tap into, we could be doing whatever, the, but are we doing any deep work, right? I'm reading this book right. now called Deep Work. And it, it, it talks about how uh, people like J.K. Rowling and you know all of these great people, how they really have immersed themselves in the work. And cut out all of the dist- all of the distractions. You know, we hear stories about how Kobe, when you know the Lakers would would would, would lose a game, and everybody else in on the team is is at the club partying. And Kobe is like, "How can you be at the club partying? I'm in the gym working." Right. Right. Have you have you put in your ten thousand hours? Right. Uh, are you are you an outlier? Like, what are you mm-hmm. what are you doing to set yourself a uh, 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 apart from the competition? And I think a lot of us we don't want to put in the work. But we want to we want to make it look good for social media. We want to make I mean, it look like we're putting in the work. Yeah, it, that's absolutely right. And here, and you know, my wife and I are in business together, and we have a son named Christopher. And while we were pursuing our uh, journey of entrepreneurship, she was working a full time job. She's mm. from the Caribbean. She's from St. Thomas, so she is St. Thomian, but she by, um, landed in Baltimore, which was my hometown, and ended up bumping to her in college. And the rest is history, type of thing. But when it came to the dynamics of I'm a risk taker and I'm, and I'm an entrepreneur by spirit, she's a Libra. I'm a Sagittarius. She's a Libra. She's very much scaled and she's Caribbean. Island closes down. They go into <laughs> right. the beach. Right. The, the stores actually close. Stores don't close where I'm from. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so there's like this automatic potential confrontation as to how we could actually pursue building a business. But I convinced her that I got this hobby that I'm doing, but I think you could actually take this hobby and make it into something special mm-hmm. that we can tag team. So I convinced her to come aboard. 
a year later, after, I got laid off from my day job. I was always a side hustler. So I was side hustling on building my own production company and doing things in the media. When I got laid off, I took that as, oh, this is my answer. Let me go ahead and try to make this thing happen. Hey, honey, I need you to jump on board and do this too. And she's like, you just got laid off. I'm not, somebody's got to make the money in the household. Right. And somebody's got to put Christopher through, through uh, kindergarten and make sure he's got food on the table. Mm -hmm, and I was mm -hmm. like, I get all of that. I said, but I can only take this but so far. You got a different skill set than I have. I need that skill set. We're going to need that skill set if we want to build something. So eventually I convinced her. She came on board. Within months, bro, the recession hit. Hmm. <laughs> and it challenged us. It challenged every bit of our core because we were bankrupt. We were done. We were mm. out of 401k money. My mother-in-law was paying for our groceries. Mm. I'm now feeling as the father a failure because I convinced my wife to come and do this idea. This idea isn't panning out. And we see no, we see no, and like, we're, we're like, how can we keep the house from being taken? Right. How, how it, old were you? How old were you at this time? This is important. Uh, I want to. I was, uh, that was. Uh, 10 years 10 years ago i was 33 okay okay i, th 30, I think that's 30, important 30, i think that's important 33 33 34 right um when that went down and so um yeah we got that right i think i got that right uh but that's 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 right it's important to understand like the trajectory that's mm -hmm. taking place and 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 how many years it took to kind of build because here we are today with you know emmy awards for Facts. productions that we've been able to cre create Facts. on our own ideas no one gave us this emmy we had to earn this damn thing mm -hmm. because in fact all the networks that we were pitching the show to told us no mm. and this is while i was actually on tv on these networks mm -hmm. so these were networks that were paying me to actually appear y'all gotta understand the psychology they were paying me to appear they liked my work on air mm. enough to pay me but then when i pitched them the idea they couldn't see the vision and I'm not holding them, you know, I don't, they just couldn't see the vision. It happens all the time to creators and people that have ideas. We just decided to do it on our own and keep right. pushing. Right. So we can bounce back from being bankrupt, being no money, mother-in-law paying for our groceries. My God, my godmother is the one that's paying for my train ticket to get me from Baltimore to New York to try to make the dream happen because we couldn't afford it. And we're going through that. And so I think it's important that we understand these journeys that as entrepreneurs and as parents, I know a lot of parents that won't or haven't found the ability, they start to live through their kids because they've already given up on their own dreams. Wow, wow, wow. And I understand why, why and how that happens, so I'm not judging it. So if you're listening to me right now and you feel that way, this isn't a personal attack. Please don't mm -hmm. take it that way. It's, mm -hmm. it's coming from a place of empathy and understanding. I didn't say sympathy. I said empathy and understanding. But you still got dreams in you. And in fact, I love the fact that you're all about your kid's dream. But if you're doing it because you're giving up on your dream, that's the wrong energy in my opinion. That's an opinion. That's, that's the wrong energy. I think you can support your kid's dream while still going after your dream. Because dreams don't have an expiration date. Hmm. We give it that. And so I see a lot of parents sometimes give up on a gift that they are so talented at because they think that their time, they already had their time. And I usually find these people are like, you know, ones that I'm training or talking to, they're like 45 and up. Or, you know, they, they got a couple of kids or they're like in their 50s. Right. And they feel like, you know, that, that, that time has come, so now my job is is to put it into this. And it's like, 
I get that. That is your job. That will always be your job, but you still have you. Yeah. <laughs> and in when fact, it, I believe that your kid is going to actually learn by seeing you at whatever age you're at, mm -hmm. still be able to pursue your dream. Mm -hmm. And now more than ever, we're starting to see more and more people be able to do that and go after it because you can if mm -hmm. you decide to. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things that my therapist tells me sometimes is that you don't have to set yourself on fire to keep everybody else warm. Ooh. And I think that as parents, wow. a lot of times what we do, uh, we, we, we set ourselves on fire and our dreams and our aspirations die just mm. so that we can keep our children and our family warm, not knowing that it will be better for our legacy. It will be better for generations to come if our children are able to witness us do the thing, whatever the thing is, and be successful after we face all of the adversity, after we face all the no's, this is what's going to help prepare them for being in the real world, not coddling them and giving them everything that they need against what we want to do and where we want to go. So I think I think that's important, man. I, I think it's important to understand. That's one of the things that I try to um just preach man like we only got we got an infinite amount of time on this earth right mm -hmm. one of one of my favorite comedians who i just discovered about two years ago during the pandemic was david arnold um, oh yeah a gentleman who i just started following from netflix Damn. and i watched him and watched him grow and watch how much he loved his family and to to hear and see what happened to him when he passed away a couple of weeks ago was absolutely heartbreaking yep absolutely heartbreaking yep. but it was also a reminder to me that when we leave this place yep. we got to leave it empty like we can't that's right we, we, no no dream should be inside of us when we, when it's time for us to go so and people will say okay but how do i do that hmm. it's a very simple process and it's gonna sound so basic but people don't apply it mm -hmm. you have to write down on a sheet of paper, please do this exercise. If it's just in your head, it's not good enough. Your idea that's in your head deserves to be in front of you on a piece of paper. Why do I want you to put it on a piece of paper? Because what I want you to do is I want you to write down the absolute smallest steps that you need to take in order to head in that direction. Mm -hmm. You don't need to know how to climb the daggone mountain. You just need to know, can you see the next step right in front of you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you can see the next step and see the next step and see the next step, next thing you know, months, years later, you've climbed the mountain. For sure. So we don't eat food and just garble it all down. We take a bite at Small a time. Small bites. Small bites. Yep. Small bites. We don't apply that because we want success quick. We got this instant gratification. I get all the pressures. I get it. But the only thing that will change the outcomes for you is if you actually take small steps in the direction of your intentionality. Mm. Mm. Because what happens then is if you continue to take small steps in the direction of your intentionality, you, the universe and people will conspire to actually help you be successful mm. without you even knowing it. Case in point. Every person that I talk to that's been successful. So I go on the Today Show, several million people are watching the Today Show. I, you don't get onto the Today Show if you're going to be nervous on air. You better be ready. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> anything could go wrong. It's live television. You got to be ready. I'm in these green rooms. I get to meet people that go on to these national shows. I'm in these uh, backstages on these stages where I'm talking. And I'm not doing this to gloat or flex. 
I'm doing this because every time I've gotten an opportunity to be around other people that we would see as successful or we look to as successful, I'm asking them questions so I can bring that information back to my people. Mm. That's number one. Number one, I'm just like grabbing the info that's happening in these little boardrooms as 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 the guy that got in somehow mm-hmm. and they all know that i'm actually like down the street feeding this to everybody right, i can right, right right so so that's one thing that i just love doing that i love breaking into these rooms and getting that access and them and them getting comfortable and everybody sharing and then i'm back out on the street giving it to the people that don't right. get access to it that just does something for me personally to be like, cracking yeah, the code I, right I, I hacked another one i hacked right, another one right. let me give you all this scoop right so in these in these spaces what i have asked consistently is what do you think is the one thing that's made you successful? What do you think? It's going and, and, and so what they say to me is, Mario, and and I'm and I'm talking about people like uh, this goes from like Mary J. Blige in the green room all the mm. way over to all the way over to um, um, oh I can see his face in the picture that we took together uh, Warren Buffett mm-hmm. uh, all the way over to somebody like Warren Buffett and then I even got invited on Richard Branson's island and hung out with Richard Branson and like 20 other entrepreneurs the, the dude who's got his own island right. and we were out there for like four days it was crazy Wowzers. Um. So, so these people say this to me and I think it's really important for everybody to get we don't know what it is we're doing we're figuring it out wow. as we do it Wow. so what does that say <laughs> what it says is Every idea that you have right now that you got all these what ifs going on in your head that's preventing you from moving forward because you got all these unknowns. I'm working on a show right now, a concept, an idea right now. And I'm trying to convince people to get on board to help this show take place and happen. And I have no idea if this show is actually going to get done or not. I don't know. I ain't got the money to do it. I'm trying to get the money to do it. I got to get funding. I got to get brand sponsors. I got to try to find a network that's going to pick it up. I got to figure it out. It's unknown. But y'all hear it, hear it here first on Dion's podcast. Like, in six months, if y'all see me shooting this show in the summer of 2023, y'all going to be like, damn, he was talking about that right. thing that he didn't even know was going to happen. They heard it and here first. It now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and even before that, if y'all follow me on Instagram at Mario Armstrong, I'm going to be taking you into these meetings. Like, next week, I got meetings with these production companies. They don't know that I'm actually going to be asking them, can y'all do this, can y'all do this pilot uh, at a discount? Can y'all do this pilot maybe even for free? Can we put, can I put 50% of our energy and time and sacrifice into it? And y'all put 50% into it and we actually create this pilot together. And if it gets funded, y'all are the production company on record. Hmm. Like I'm going to take you in to show you how I try to make these deals happen. I'm not trying to get over on somebody. I just don't have it right now in that way that I want to spend that money in that way. It doesn't make sense. I'm trying to find somebody else that's on my same equilibrium Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and on the same vibrancy because i'm doing a show that's being done in baltimore city i'm doing a show that's going to be done at a high school i'm doing a show that's going to be interviewing uh accomplished people some of them have come out of that high school like jada pinkett smith came out of that high school tupac um and a bunch of other people came out of this high school out of baltimore baltimore school for the arts and it's going to be a positive thing to do in the city that's normally looked at as only the wire and homicide Mm -hmm. and so if you're a production company and you see the vision and you're like, yeah, that sounds like a great show. That thing should be out there. Perfect. Put your money where your mouth is. Give me 50% sacrifice on your end, 50% on my end. Let's make a pilot. And then if that pilot gets us a green light, you're going to be the production company to shoot this thing. Stuff like that happens in our industry all, all the time. Mm-hmm. People just don't know. So I'm going to start teaching people through transparency how I'm asking for things so you can see how you could be asking for things. 
because I don't know what I don't know and I'm making it up as I go and I'm learning as I'm doing. Hmm. And then you become an expert at certain things that you've done consistently because now you've learned about those things consistently. But right now, this new venture, yeah, I got some background. I know some certain things I shouldn't do and certain things I should do because I got some background. But will this show happen? It's not a guarantee. It's completely unknown. But I'm going after it as if everything is betting on it. Yeah. Yeah. Call David Simon. Hopefully he can green light it because David Simon <laughs> is the <laughs> the wire is the greatest show on earth. So maybe he can get down with it, man. Yeah, that's uh, a great point. It's a great point. I haven't written his name down. I'm putting it David, down right now. David, David see, Simon and Ed Burns. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know. And right. I just mentioned it to you and you just dropped a name on me that I had completely overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. The, the energy just took place, y'all. Right. It just happened. He's right. he and Dion is saying it, but he's and he's like laughing when he's saying it. But and I know he doesn't mean it like laughing. I mean, he's like, yo, you should really call David Simon. Yeah, absolutely. But in my mind, I'm like, I completely overlooked David Simon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, what if I approach David Simon and he does say that and then we end up on Netflix? Mm -hmm. We're going to mm -hmm. be like, damn, we got to cut Dion a check. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey, man, I know you got to run, man. I know your time is precious. I'm not going to hold you too much longer. Thank you, good brother, for uh, joining us on the podcast. If you could, before we let you go, just tell me, tell the listeners, what are some, because I know you're a tech guy and I want to talk tech just a little bit. What oh, are some okay. tools that you use right now, some tangible tools that you're using right now to help you on your journey? Mm, number one, social media to document what it is I'm doing. Mm. Too many people don't want to document because we look at other people and we see their highlight reels. We see we see what they want us to, yeah. how they want to be portrayed. That's good. So therefore, we don't see the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is if we all could have seen how Serena Williams got to be in Serena Williams when it was raining in Compton and she didn't feel like going to the courts, but her dad was pushing her to still go, we would understand what, what it really takes to be a champion. Right. But we see the end result of that. People see the Emmy Awards and they go, oh, man, he's already got it. No, I'm on the grind trying to figure out my next show. Ain't nobody saying, hey, Mario, you want an Emmy. What's the next thing you want to do? We'll co-sign it and give mm -hmm. you $300,000 to do it. Like those calls didn't happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's on me. To do, it's on me. So I'm using social media to document what's important in our business to communicate that even though it's not professionally clean. In other mm -hmm. words, I'm comfortable being transparent to show the journey because that documentation of the journey does two things. Number one, it shows people what we're actually working towards. I'm not talking about it. You're seeing me work towards it. I don't have it. You see me work towards it. Right. Number two, it ends up giving me proof that when something does pop, because something will pop later one way or the other because we're just ambitious, then we can show you, nah, it, don't, <laughs> it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. Look at what we had to go through. We recorded it. We documented it. So for me, social media to document some of that stuff is very important. Number two, one of my favorite apps would be CapCut. C-A-P-C-U-T. Absolutely. Very easy app for you to be editing video and putting it together. Put more reels on Instagram because that's what's being rewarded right now. Mm -hmm. And use something like CapCut to put that together. Um, number three, when I pitch people and I'm asking them for help, I use video pitches. I have moved away from just sending emails right. because everybody else can send an email. So I record a video showing a little bit of my background, maybe some pictures. You could do this of your product, of your service. Show people what it is that you're actually asking them to be a part of. Keep that thing under two minutes. 
send that instead mm. of sending just an email and you will get more people to number one believe in you because they see what it is you're doing so the trust goes higher and that's what we're really trying to trade these days is for your trust and so i use dub.com for that d-u-b-b.com um for that and then um you know since i'm a podcaster i'm using like the right equipment i'm using sure microphones and things of that nature and then i would say um lastly if you're going to be making content what one of the coolest tools that are out there to really help you be more effective with your time is a, is a, a software called Descript. um and if you haven't seen that one in action it's especially it's especially great for people that shoot video or do podcasts or do interviews because you can simply remove words from the transcript on screen and it will cut it from the video itself. So you mm. don't even really need to know video editing right. um, to, to clean some of that stuff up. Um, and I think, I think that kind of covers some of my, oh, Canva. And I go oh, crazy absolutely. on Canva. Absolutely. You gotta go hard on Canva. I was looking at a stat the other day that I was like, let me see, I can pull it up really quick. It was um, 180 designs are happening per second. Wow. Wow. So people are making their one sheets. They're making their logos. They're Everything. making their pitch decks. They're making resumes, their mm -hmm. resumes. They're doing it there. So their menus for their store, like they're doing it all on Canva. And it's because it works very easy and you can get things done quick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, that's some of the that's some of the tech. Cool. That I'm cool. Using. Cool. Well, you know, I didn't say it earlier, but I want to thank you because you gave me some great recommendations on one of the episodes. It was a two part episode where you talked about the tools that you use for lead generation. Um, mm. uh, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there was. Oh, there, so I think was there, that like a uh, hunter.io? Hunter.io. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it was a couple of it was one for uh, for LinkedIn. Uh, yep. So that it, it, listen, y'all. <laughs> Parents Making Profits is one of the dopest podcasts that I've ever heard <laughs> simply because they're giving you so many jewels, like so much game. Uh, if you are a business owner, if you are an entrepreneur, you're trying to get things going. Parents Making Profits is the podcast that you need to be listening to. Um, and I just think it's dope, man. man. I just, I, that, I, man. I commend you. Uh, We're two parents. So he's got, you know, my kid is older. He's got two twins that are younger. Right, so it right, really right. does help for everybody to be able to be met in some way. Like you might hear something different from James because you really more relate to some things going on in his life. Mm -hmm. And you might relate to something going on in mine. But you're right. We got two black dads yeah. putting in the work to try to create some great human beings and be responsible to them as well as be profitable business owners sure. running our businesses. For sure. Thank you, man. Uh, any last words for the listeners and the viewers before we let you get out of here? Everything in life can be seen through the, through a, the lens of yin and yang. Mm. You can either see it through opportunity or is it, or it's an obstacle. When you wake up in the morning, you got two options. You, you got a choice. So you get to choose how you want to show up that day, right? You get to choose the energy. You literally don't have to take up with what your energy was last night. You could really start fresh if you choose to. Mm -hmm. And then you get a chance. You actually woke up. You get a chance to do something. All of us get afforded that every single day. And so I just think that if we can shift our mindset a little bit and reframe, we can start seeing more opportunity and less obstacles and we can start seeing the opportunities inside of the obstacles. Mm. More people will be a little bit more happier about pursuing the things that they're pursuing and more people will be happier about the outcomes that they're getting 
And I think the last thing that I would just say is, please be aware of the thought hangovers. Thought hangovers to me are when we are entirely too much in our head Mm. and we are listening to our thoughts and we aren't taking action. The one thing that I really want people to leave with is that these thought hangovers are going to deplete our energy. And oftentimes you're in future thought. You're thinking about things before they even happen. But if we can train our brains to kind of stay in the present, I'm only on this podcast right now. My right. mind is not thinking about the meeting I got coming up next or anything. I'm in here with Dion and I'm trying to see, I'm actually trying to see the audience that's listening to this or watching this. So I am completely locked in. No energy is being depleted. When I'm done with this, I'm going to feel drained that I tried to give this podcast interview everything I possibly could to make some kind of meaningful impact to somebody else's life. Because my thoughts are clear that this is where I'm supposed to be in the present moment. When I leave this moment, it's in the past. I'm going to the next present moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. easier said than done. It's a lifetime of practice for people. But if you can just condition yourselves to not get trapped in thought hangovers by just coming back to the present. Past already happened. You can't control the future. You can only control what you're doing in the present moment. Let that hopefully de-release some stress from your life and give you more power to understand that in the moment, if I'm present, I'm doing the best that I can do. Yeah. Mindfulness is important. And and I, I can't remember if it was you or James on the podcast, on your podcast, who talked about how important that is being present in the moment when you're with your kids. Um, one of you, one of you guys mentioned that, like when you're with your kids, it should be time just spent them. with your kids. It should just be them. Right. And that, that's something that was that's something that hit me. And, and, and since hearing that on the podcast, I've tried to remain focused on uh, spending time with particularly my son. My son is four and he's on the autism spectrum uh, mm. with him. When I'm with him, phone is down and it's just oh, he and I. Right. And I think that's important, whether we're in the kitchen cooking, whether we're playing, right. it's important to be in the moment um, with our children. So I think what you said can can kind of can run the gamut amongst other things, right? When you, if you're in the moment, yep. it's important for us to be in the moment with our family, with our significant others, because there's so many distractions out there, but That's we right. have to be sure that we are in the moment and, and mindful. they can feel it. They can feel it. Your son feel it. is feeling every. Absolutely. We underestimate how they feel that they, they, he will never grow up saying daddy didn't understand. Daddy wasn't, you know, there yep. or daddy didn't understand or daddy didn't give me attention. Like, it's not the amount of time it's what you do in the in time that, that yes, you sir. have absolutely so if you can really you know someone asked me the other day like how do you stay balanced i don't stay balanced hmm. i'm always in balanced Here, here's why because i'm only can balance what i'm dealing with at that particular moment something else has to be sacrificed i'm absolutely. not with my wife if i'm with my kid right now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm not working on the business if i'm with my kid right now yep if I'm working on the business in this particular moment, I'm not with my wife or I'm not with my kid. But when I'm with them, I'm with, with them. them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's I'm so glad that you heard that on the podcast and that really hit you in a way. Yeah, because that that really is letting us know that 
that's going to trickle down into into family mm-hmm. culture and that's mm-hmm. where that's what parents making profits is all about that's yeah. what the podcast is all about yeah well we're in this thing together man we, we are trying to change the trajectory of uh where we are going and where our families are going and how we can do that uh i, I think you with what you guys are doing and and myself what we're doing over here with black people parenting have you know yep. come up with a way to reach people in a very non-traditional way and we just gonna mm-hmm. keep pushing we just gonna keep pushing. We just gonna keep That's pushing. That's it, man. They can't box us in, bro. They We're can't unboxable. Box us in. Absolutely. We unboxable. Absolutely. We unboxable. We as a people are unboxable. It'll yes, never sir. happen. Yeah. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. We got too much flavor, <laughs> too much energy, and too much damn resilience. For so keep sure. doing your thing, y'all. Keep doing your thing and keep doing you, Dion, because we need it. Wake up every day reminding yourself and those of your listeners who am I fighting for? Mm. And that'll keep you moving. For sure, for sure. Mario, thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure, man. God bless you. We will we will tap in again and have you back on the show at some point to talk about some other things. But for now, yeah, in a few months, I'd love for y'all to be like, oh, damn, he's he's doing the show live from the studio set. Like, um, absolutely. Right, 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 right. right. Let's show the transformation. Let's show the outcome. Right. For sure. For sure. Thank you. Good brother. I appreciate it, man. Enjoy the rest of your night.